Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. Welcome. There is a false impression amongst people who don't know too much about Torah. And I think sometimes even about people who do know quite a bit about Torah, that the lives of those who live by the Torah and who learn Torah are lives of black and white, of right and wrong, of very simplistic directives. Do this, don't do that. You must do this, you must not do that. You can do this, you must not do that. And I think that is incorrect. It is not so simple. Even when one studies Torah and when one lives according to the Torah. Now I'm not referring to cases of doubt. There are certain cases that come up in, in, in quote unquote real life that perhaps the Torah and even the whole Torah Shabal Pet doesn't deal with directly certain new inventions, new situations that didn't exist in previous generations. And then there's always a certain amount of doubt as to how a Torah observant Jew should relate to those things. And sometimes even in the even in the halacha as it has been passed down to us, there are certain cases where it's doubtful. How should we rule? There are there's a machlekes. There's a disagreement among some of the great authorities. There's, there are disagreements even within the Gemara, which we don't always have a clear tradition how to rule. But I'm not talking about those cases. That's not what I mean when I say that living by the Torah is not always black and white. Even in the rules that the Torah itself gives us, it is not black and white. And I'll explain what I mean by learning some sukkim here in Parshas Kiseitse. There are, the general rule about a ger, about a non-Jew who converts to Judaism, is that he does what he needs to do. There's a certain process. And then he becomes a Jew and he may marry. If he's a man, he may marry a Jewish woman. If, if she's a woman, she may marry a Jewish man. There are three exceptions to this rule. There are three nations who even after they convert to Judaism, they are restricted in which Jews they may marry. Let's see the psukim here. It says in Devarim, chapter 23, a person of the Ammonite or of the Moabite nation may not come into the Kahal Hashem, into the congregation of Hashem, as Rashi says here, lo yiso Yisraelis. He may not marry a Yisraelis. Whether a Moabite woman or an Ammonite woman may marry a Jew, the halacha is, yes, they may. Why that is and how that is, and that's not my subject now. But it says here, lo yavai amayni umayavi b'kahal Hashem. Gamdor asiri, even the 10th generation, even if the, this person 
his father, his father, his father, his father, his father, it's going all the way back, all the way back, 10 generations, was, was his great, 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 great grandfather who converted to, to Judaism from being a Mayavi, this person may not marry a Jewish woman. They may not come into the congregation of Hashem ever. And now the Pasuk itself explains why. Aldvar, upon the matter, on the matter that they did not go forward to greet you with bread and water on your way coming out of Mitzrayim. The, the Torah here is telling us that Amon Umayyad, who are descended from Avraham's nephew Lot, and they should have felt a debt of gratitude to Klai Yisrael because of the favors that Avraham did for Lot, for example, saving his life. That's a, that's a pretty good favor. So they should have showed a debt of, they should have come to pay a debt of gratitude. And when we pass by their lands on our way into Eretz Yisrael, they should have come out with bread and water to greet us, and they did not. Vasher, and also on the matter, Sochar Alecha is Bilam ben Baor, because Moyav in particular uh, hired Bilam ben Baor, they hired the, the prophet Bilam, Mipasor Aram Naharayim, from the place called Pesor in the land of Aram Naharayim, Lekalaleka, to curse you. So because of these two, um, because of these two actions, or lack thereof, uh, committed by, by Amin Umayyad, they are not allowed to marry a Jewish woman. Now, Rashi inserts really a third thing. He sees a remez, he sees a, a, a reference to really a third thing that Amin Umayyad did. Al-Devar, on the thing, or on the word, for the advice that they gave to cause you to sin. Meaning, Bilam, we read at the end of Parshas Volok, that Bilam, after failing to curse Klal Yisrael, he gave an Eitzah to the leaders of Mayav, and he told them that if you wanted to destroy this nation, what you have to do is to get them involved in immorality. And therefore, they sent out their daughters, all dressed up, and they enticed the Jewish men into committing acts of immorality. And because of that, many Jews died. And that was Bidvar Bilam. Kidiksit Bidvar Bilam, as it's written in the Pesach, Bidvar Bilam. So Rashi sees a connection between these two words, Devar Bilam and Al-Devar. So Amun and Moyev here are also being criticized for causing Kalal Yisrael to sin. And because of this, they are never allowed to marry into the Jewish nation. They can convert, they can be Jews, they can serve a Kaddish Baruch Hu like any other Jew, but they can only marry another ger, another or, or another giyoris, another convert. They cannot marry a regular Jewish woman. The Pasuk uh, continues regarding Bilaam, and Hashem your God did not desire to listen to Bilaam, to listen and to allow, to allow his curses to, to take effect. And Hashem your God overturned the, the curses into blessings. Because Hashem your God loves you. Let's continue. That's Amoinu Mayav. Now let's go to, the, to two more nations. I said three. Amoinu Mayav I'm counting as one. They're really also two separate nations. 
You should not seek out this shalom, the peace and the benefit of Amun Amayev, all of your days forever. Okay, so Amun Amayev are out. Now the Pasuk says, do not abominate, do not consider to be an abomination an Adoimi, a member of the Edomite nation, the descendants of Esau. Do not, do not push them away totally as if they are a toeva, an abomination. Why? Because he is your brother. After all, Esau is Yaakov's brother. And do not make an abomination of the Egyptian. Now the Egyptians are not our brothers, but because you were a sojourner in his land. You lived in his land. Let's continue and see one more Pasuk. Children that will be born to them, the third generation, they will come into the Kahal Hashem, meaning a third generation Egyptian or Edomite convert may marry a Jewish woman. If the grandfather converted, now the grandson, grandfather and the son may not marry a Jewish woman, but the grandson may. So the Torah is a, a little a little nicer, a little easier going on the Adami and the Mitzri. And the Pasuk again says the reason very clearly. The Adami is Achicha, he is our brother, and the Mitzri, we lived in his land. Let's take a look at Rashi. There are many uh, technical issues which I will discuss in Rashi, but let's first read it and simply get the basic impression. The basic impression is astounding, as we will soon see. Rashi says the Gamre, completely. Do not completely make of them an abomination. Even though really it is proper that you should make an abomination of the Adaimi, that you should push them away. Because it says in the Torah, the Torah tells us that when we pass by the land of Edaim, and we ask them, perhaps we could pass through your land on the way to Eretz Yisrael, and we won't harm you in any way, and we'll even buy food and water from you. What did the Edaimim do? They came out with a sword to greet us. They threatened to, to wage war against us. So you perhaps would have thought you would have had good reason to not accept them as Gerim, or at least not allow them to marry your daughters immediately. But don't do it. Why? Ma Tom, what's the reason? Because they're your brother. Let me highlight this later, highlight this for later. Now the Pasik Rashi continues. You should also not make an abomination of the Egyptian. Rashi says, me call the call completely. Should not completely push him off. Even though they threw your male children into the river, as it says in the beginning of, uh, say, of Barsha Shemais, Matam, and what's the reason you should not push away the Egyptians completely? Because they were an achsanya, they were an inn, they were a place of refuge at your time of need. When there was a terrible famine in Eretz Yisrael and Yaakov's sons went down to Mitzrayim, they were taken in. Of course. We know it didn't end very well. 
the, the, the B'nai Yisrael were, were enslaved by the Egyptians and they were killed by the Egyptians. Nonetheless, the Torah tells us, they were, a, they were an inn for you. They were a refuge. They were, they were a place for you to stay at your time of need. And therefore, don't completely push them away. Rashi continues on the next Pasuk. Therefore, Rashi inserts this word, therefore. The children that will be born to them, the third generation, they may marry a Jew. Rashi says, Other nations are permitted to marry into, into your nation immediately. Anyone from any other nation, France, Italy, China, Africa, anywhere, if they come and they, and they make a sincere and legitimate conversion to Klayasil, they may marry a Jewish woman immediately. But um, um, Amun Umayyad may not marry into our families at all. Mitzri Vadaymi, they have to wait to the third generation. Says Rashi, we learn from this. We see here that someone who causes a person to sin is worse than someone who kills him. Because the one who kills him, kills him in this world. And the one who causes him to sin, he kills him in this world. And also from Oilam Abba. Therefore, Edom that came out with swords to kill us all, they are not made into an abomination. We do not have to deny them the privilege of marrying our daughters once they convert. And similarly, Egypt that drowned us in the river. It's okay. It's not okay. But if they convert a legitimate, sincere conversion into join Klai Yisrael, they're part of Klai Yisrael. They can marry our daughters. But these other nations, who caused us to sin, they sent out their daughters to entice us to sin with them, they became an abomination. They may not marry our daughters. Before we touch any of the technicalities, we just need to stand for a moment and appreciate what Rashi is saying here. It's really a, it's a midrash. It's, it's Divrei Chazal. Uh, Rabbi Yeruchim Lavovitz, the great mashkiach from the Miri Yeshiva, he, it is written in his Sefer, the following sentence regarding this Rashi. We stand desolated. We stand, we would say nowadays, blown away by this mamar, by such a statement that Rashi is making. This is com completely distant from our outlook. Our outlook is Mitzrayim. Oh, they're terrible. They're the worst. They, they tried to kill us. They threw our children in the river. And there are more psukim and more midrashim that say other dastardly things that they did. And that's all. The Torah doesn't look at it that way. The Torah says, they gave you a place to stay when you needed it. You are obligated forever. In Hakara Satayib, you are eternally obligated to be grateful to them and not to completely consider them to be a toeva. And Edoim, the children of Esav, 
we, we can think of all sorts of nasty things to say about the children of Esau, not the least of which is they destroyed the Beis HaMikdash, the second Beis HaMikdash. Correct. But the Torah says, Achichahu, he's your brother. He's your brother. There's, you can't completely reject them. Amun Umayyav did not necessarily attempt to kill us, only to make us sin. They're out. That's, that cannot be sanctioned. That cannot be. There's no, no apologies necessary. There is, a, there is an eternal distance between us and them. Never to be, never the twain shall meet. This could be, I'm sure, a good Balmusa could talk about this for hours. But just to stop and pause and appreciate for a moment the thoughts that Rashi is expressing here. But I would like to also discuss some of the technicalities because I think there are a number of small but important questions on the Rashi. Let's take a look at the questions one by one. The Pasuk says, Do not consider the Adomi to be an abomination. Rashi says, He adds in a word, not completely to be an abomination. Okay, not so clear why Rashi adds that word. And he continues, even though it is appropriate for you to make, to treat him as an abomination, because he came out with a sword to greet you. Now, here Rashi inserts another two words, which are not in the Pasuk, and what's the reason? What's the reason you should not be mitaev, that you should not consider him to be an abomination? Because He's your brother. Now, why did Rashi have to put in those two words, matam? Isn't that how you read the Pasuk? Don't treat the Adomi as an abomination. Why? Key, because. That's the reason why you shouldn't consider him to be an abomination. Okay, so that's another question. Why does Rashi insert the words matam? And then, do not consider to be an abomination the Egyptian. Again, Rashi says, not completely. He even changes his words. I'm not sure why in the end, I don't think I'm going to be able to explain that. But similar to him saying, he says here, don't make them an abomination completely. And even though they threw your male children into the river, and again, now Rashi says, Ma Tam. And what's the reason? And what's the reason? Because they provided with you lodgings in your time of need. So again, here, um, the Pasuk seems to be obvious that what's the reason you should not treat the Egyptian as, it's, as an abomination? Because, key. Rashi seems to pound upon that point. He seems to uh, overemphasize it as if somehow we would have missed the point. He says, Matam, what's the reason? Because they provided logics. Let's continue. Now Rashi here again inserts a word. Therefore, the children that are born to them in the third generation, 
are allowed to marry into your congregation. And again here, it seems superfluous, Rashi's wording, Rashi's inserted word, lefichach. Well, of course, is because of, why is it that the Torah allows their third generation to marry into our families? Because they do have certain positive aspects to them. The Adami is our brother, the Mitzri provided lodgings. Why is Rashi expending so much ink uh, to write this extra word, Lefichach? It, it seems to be unnecessary. Okay, Lefichach, Shlishi. And now Rashi really puts in something which is not in the Pasuk. Ushar Other nations are permitted to join us immediately. That's nowhere in these Pesukim. I mean, Rashi's, the other, the other points that I'm making in Rashi, so uh, perhaps one can say Rashi wants to make it a little more explicit. He's uh, helping you uh, put together the different parts of the different psukim. Okay, he puts in little words, l'fichach, matam. Oh, this is a halacha that he is inserting into this pasuk, which is not mentioned here at all, that other nations, where after they convert, they may marry our, into our families immediately. That has to be understood. And then Rashi gives us his, his wonderful thought, his wonderful insight that uh, someone who causes us to sin is worse than someone who tries to kill us. But we have these four or five little sticky points in Rashi. I think that the answer to the, all of them is essentially the same. If you read these two psukim without Rashi and without knowing everything that Rashi says, you might come to the conclusion that there is a contradiction between Pasuk Ches and Pasuk Tes. Let's read them one more time very simply. Don't consider the Adami an abomination. He's your brother. And don't consider the Egyptian you're an abomination because he is, because you found lodgings in his land. So in other words, the Torah is speaking positively, positively of these two nations. Don't, don't be mean, don't, don't be close-hearted to the Adami and the Mitzri. They, there are certain good things about them. So the Pasuk Ches is a positive attitude towards the Adami and the Mitzri. Pasuk Tes, Bonim Asher Yivaldu Lahem, children that are born to them, Dorshli Shi, the third generation of Gerim, of converts from these nations, that could be seen on the face of it as a, a negative attitude towards them. Meaning when they convert, they can't join us. What do you mean? That's what conversion means, doesn't it? When, when a person converts to Judaism, doesn't that mean he is now part of the nation? He is now one of us? And this Pasuk is saying something negative now about the Adami and the Mitzri. They can convert and they're still on the outs. We still don't like them very much. So there seems to be a contradiction. One could, one could be troubled by a contradiction between Pasuk Ches, which is a positive thought about the Adami and the Mitzri, and Pasuk Tes, which seems to be a negative thought about the Mitzri. And I think with this, we can understand all of Rashi's qualifications. I think all of Rashi's insertions and explanations and qualifications are all aiming at resolving this contradiction. First of all, Rashi says, Don't make them into an abomination completely. And 
mikol v'chol. And again, by the Mitzri, don't make them into an abomination altogether, completely. But a little bit? Yes. Why is Rashi saying this? Because he knows the next Pasek is going to say something that sounds somewhat negative about them. It's going to say that there are certain restrictions on a ger Mitzri and a, and a ger Adoimi. So he's saying that this Pasek, Pasek Ches, when it says, do not consider them an abomination, it means don't completely consider them an abomination. But a little bit? Yes. Now, Rashi continues, even though it, it would be proper for you to, to consider the Adami an abomination because they came out to kill you with a sword. Matam, now Rashi says, what's the reason? Rashi bangs in this point. that because he is your brother, this is a reason for why you should not totally consider him an abomination, why you should be nice to him. Why? Rashi like puts in big letters. Why? Because he's your brother. And I think again, why is Rashi pushing this point? Because he wants, he, he, he's trying to, 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 to point out, you should not think that Ger is some sort of a reason that we should not be very nice to the Egyptians. And the reason, and, 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 the, and the statement that, that Edom is our brother is a reason not to be nice to them. Because between these two psukim, we have some things that are being nice to them and some things that are being kind to them. So Raji wants to make it clear that ki achichahu, that's a reason to be kind and to be lenient to the Edom because he's achicha. And ger uh, because you were a, uh, a traveler in his land and you found refuge and lodgings in his land, that's matam. Yeah, that's the reason why you should not uh, you should not uh, make an abomination of the Egyptian entirely. Now Rashi continues lefichach. Therefore, why does Rashi have to say the word? Therefore, because again, he wants to show you that these two psukim are not a contradiction one to the other. No, the first pasuk is the is the background, is the reason for the law that's in the second pasuk. The first pasuk essentially is telling you, telling us an, an attitude that we should have. But how do we put this into practice, this attitude? We do it by allowing the Dor Shlishi to marry into our nation. Lefichach, says Rashi. Therefore, because the, the Yadaymi is Achicha, is our brother, and because the Mitzri was Ger Ha'isa he provided lodgings when we needed them. Lefichach, therefore, this is how you put it into action. This is the practical application of that attitude. That is, namely, that the third generation of their converts may marry into our nation. Now, but before Rashi, gets to that point, he adds in a halacha. Other nations are permitted to marry us immediately. Now we said that little bit of halacha, that, that one tidbit of halacha is altogether not in either of these psukim. It's not in this whole parsha here. Why is Rashi mentioning it? Because I think he is, he, he, he is explaining 
is helping us to understand. So what is the essence of our relationship to Adaimi and Mitzri? Is it positive? Is it negative? That they can't marry into our into our families immediately? So Rashi is telling us it's in the middle. Shar When other nations come and convert to Judaism, when a Frenchman, a Chinaman, an African, a, a Brazilian, when they come to convert and it's sincere and it's done properly, they are permitted to marry a Jewish girl immediately. The Amoni Umayavi, they're not allowed to marry into our families ever. The Mitzri and the Adaimi is somewhere in between, Rashi is saying. It's not totally positive. It's not totally negative. I think that's what all of these little insertions in Rashi are trying to bring out. That the Loisisa Aib is not complete. It's not Legamre. It's saying, don't completely consider them an abomination, but a little bit, yes. And Lafichach, because they have certain positive qualities about them, or certain, there are certain positive things about our relationship between, to, to Edom and to Mitzrayim, Lafichach, therefore, yes, after a relatively short waiting period, they may marry into our families. And I think we see here that the Torah is not black and white. Just as there is a great nuance in Rashi's process of interpretation, we see how careful Rashi is in how he interprets these two psukim word by word and making sure that we don't get caught up in this contradiction. So too, there is great nuance in how the Torah commands us to relate to Edom and Mitzrayim. It's a nuanced relationship. They're not totally bad. They're not totally good. They're somewhere in the middle. There is an honest recognition of their faults and the need to keep their negative traits out of our gene pool, our spiritual gene pool. There's an honest recognition of that. There's not a foolish thought that, that uh, oh, they're, they're nice. They're, all people are nice. Why do you hold, why do you hold things against people? Let's make peace with the Palestinians. Let's, let's concede to them everything. They're nice people. No, the Torah does not go for such foolish naivete. There's an honest recognition of who people are. But there is also a, an amazingly insightful recognition of our obligation of gratitude and our familial bonds that we have, um, that we have to Mitzrayim and that we have to Edom. There is neither the naivete of the liberal nor the cold-heartedness of the conservative. There's nuance. There is not some black and white code. Everything is either usr or mutter, good, bad. The good, you, you dance like on Simcha's Torah. And the bad, you indirect. The bad, you bury completely. You have nothing to know. The Torah is a very sophisticated document. And we who are, have been charged with the, with the mitzvah of learning the Torah, we have to be sophisticated in how we understand it and how we have to apply it and how we apply it.